Welcome to the OC Endurance Podcast. My name is Chris, along with my co-host Tony and Austin. I use Tony first. It's not alphabetical, as we talked about last week. I don't even remember what order I did in last week. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly don't remember hardly anything from last week after uh, spending all that time in the heat in Arizona over the weekend. It was blazing out there. Do you know what episode we're on? Uh, I think it's 25. Is that right? I was second guessing yeah. it, so I didn't want to say it yeah. in the beginning. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's close. Uh, how you boys doing? I'm doing awesome. Doing good. Yeah. It's another uh, another day in paradise right now. Yeah, it's weird. We're uh, recording in the evening this week. Things have just been changed around with travel and everything. And uh, my kids are running around in the background, screaming outside and in the in the kitchens of your hear them. I apologize up front. Uh, I don't have the luxury of having no little ones running around my house like you two do. Well, maybe a dog, dog barks or something like that. I was say, yeah, we, we got dogs, but they're they're quiet. <laughs> Pups are quiet. They're obedient. Yeah. I tell mine to be quiet, and that only lasts about three or four seconds, and then yeah. the volume comes right back up. Throw them, a, throw them a treat or something. That always works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you guys been up to over the last week? Yeah, not a whole lot, man. We're just uh, we're busy this weekend following you, following everybody in California. I mean, there's a lot of racing going on besides those two races, too. So, I don't know. Not much, though. Yeah, no, I was Sherpa, right, for Nadia on Saturday. So we drove up to Palm Springs on Friday. That took three and a half hours. I was, that's... Work traffic, Friday night? Yeah, we left at like three, like just, oh, okay, it's like three hours. I'm exaggerating, but still, it was, uh, we left around three o'clock. But one of our buddies who's also going to race out there left at noon, and it took him three hours as well. So it was just a wow. cluster to get That's why there. whenever I go to La Quinta, I leave like Friday morning and then work out there. I don't mess around with driving out Friday night because my parents used to have a house right near there in Yucca Valley, Morongo mm-hmm. Valley area. And those Friday nights, we would do weekends out there at the house. And those Friday nights sucked just sitting in traffic for hours. Yeah, it was that was a tough drive. I mean, just a stop and go is just killer, right? Like it. I hate I hate traffic in general, and it's just that was just not not a good time. And then you know it's like a hundred and hundred and two degrees, hundred and four degrees. I think when we got there, got there yeah. just in time for to like you know dunk the wetsuit and right right before they they closed down for the day because it, um, it was open till six. So yeah, did did pick up and then uh, yeah, and then just went and grabbed uh, grabbed dinner that night. Yeah, I drove through there at. And it was probably because I left here at 5 a.m. to go to Arizona. So probably got out there like 6.30 in the morning. Sun wasn't even up yet, but it looked really cool because the, the lights coming up and you got all those hundreds of windmills kind of out there. And then you try and take a photo on your phone and it looks like crap because they all look really tiny. They don't show <laughs> up. So it's like, I don't know why that, you know, you always want to take a photo of something and you go to take a photo and it it, it just doesn't capture it. Yeah. Dick pick problems, huh? <laughs> it always looks so much smaller. <laughs> Gotta use that seven times zoom. <laughs> oh man, I'm getting red. Getting red. <laughs> 
But yeah, no, the heat was, I assume it was pretty close to the same as it was out in Arizona because Arizona, it was definitely above 100 Friday, Saturday. And then it cooled down probably a good five, at least five degrees uh, for Sunday, which was nice. It was still blazing. It was in the mid 90s, but it wasn't over 100. Yeah. And it was, it was nice back home. Like we, we drove back Saturday night and God, it was literally a 20 degree difference just getting home. I was so happy to be home. Um, and then, yeah, I, I went and trained out on Sunday and that was on the river trail. It was so nice. It was so nice. Cause everybody was gone. All the damn California athletes gone. <laughs> now all the Arizona athletes gone. They're all out of here. Right. I loved it. Oh, it, was, it was just you and the homeless. Yeah. They are getting worse. Yeah. I actually, um, yeah, it's getting bad again. I filed the report with the, uh, the OC sheriff this week when I got home. Cause I was, I was like, this is getting ridiculous again. Like it's going to get out of hand soon. Does this uh, have to do with the story you were kind of telling us about? Oh no. So, um, you, you know, like you don't realize like what you say sometimes and how it can be taken. And, um, coming from Tony, that's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> n- not, not necessarily like, in, ge- in general, I, I, realize, I, I realize what I'm, what I'm saying on purpose. Um, but, uh, no, just like, on, you know, when you're on the bike and you're passing somebody, you know, on your left, right. Like that type of thing. And, um, so I'm, I'm riding the river trail and the closer you get to the beach, the less clothing the women are wearing as they're running. Right. So like down by me, they're got like the long tights on and like, you know, loose baggy race shirts and stuff like that. And then once you cross that last wooden bridge, it's like the little boy shorts with like the sports bras. And, you know, again, it's just very revealing. Well, I'm getting closer to the beach and I'm, I'm getting ready to pass a a female runner who's scantily clad. And, uh, I'm letting her know I'm there. And I say, I said, coming on your backside. <laughs> and she stopped and turned and goes, what did you just? And I was like, but I'm going by at speed. And so it didn't really register. And then I realized what she heard and how it could be taken. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that would be bad in that situation. <laughs> Cause I'm, wow. I'm sure. I'm sure like there's, you know, uh, like guys probably, you know, catcalling or saying shit to these women all the time. They're probably hearing all this like random nonsense from dudes as they're riding by. And I'm sure she was just like probably over it. Like she's probably like the next guy who says something vulgar. I'm going to like let him have it. And I was the idiot who said coming on your backside as I was going (laughs) by. Is that a way you commonly tell someone you're passing? I, well, I, I usually say... (laughs) I usually say coming on your left or oh. coming, coming you by on, say your left. on your left. So, it depends on for cyclists. I do for cyclists. Mm. It's just on your left. Cause like they, they, I, I feel like they're more aware of what I'm, what I'm communicating versus a runner. If I just say like on your left, like I don't want them to mishear what I'm saying. So I'm usually like, we'll give a full sentence for them. And because she was, she was running almost center. And so I couldn't really say coming on your left. So I said like coming on your backside, (laughs) which made sense to me in the, in the moment. But when it came out of my mouth, that's when you're like, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was terrible. It's kind of like when a server says, enjoy your meal and you say you too. That kind of <laughs> sort of thing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, why, why did I say that? Yeah. So you, I'm assuming that you had to talk with the sheriff's department and you just were like, well, I'm on the phone with them. So I'll report the homeless problem I was having as well. Is that? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> okay. now, the worst part is I have to go down and turn around at the end, end of the damn beach and turn around and see her again. I just you didn't stop and apologize? No, you just I just put your head, head down. down. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was full arrow head down. Very arrow. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like an asshole, but yeah, nothing new for me. I'm getting used to it. Oh man. All right. How about you, Austin? Just just getting ready for Arizona now. No, Arizona's next now. You got your Arizona. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have any issues making weird comments to women on the bike trail <laughs> this weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's awkward. No, I, uh, Saturday I woke up feeling I don't know pretty shitty, and I was up, you know, four four o'clock four thirty to get on the trainer, and then was going to go finish a couple hours outside for my long ride. And I got on the trainer for, I don't know, five, maybe 10 minutes. And I just, I, I just was congested, had a headache. And I was like, this is, this is odd. I I hardly ever get sick. I can't remember the last time I got sick. So I said, well, you know what? I got plenty of time today. I have nothing going on. So I'm just, I'm just going to go lay down for a couple hours. And I ended up falling asleep for like another two or three hours. I didn't get on the trainer till maybe, I don't know, eight, 830, something like that. And I just rode for like three hours on the trainer, which is whatever I could do. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I felt fine the next day. I got, you know, a nice 15 miler in. Um, so just the next couple of weeks, just kind of trying to build as much fitness, even though there's not much to be built in that matter of time, but kind of honing in on things, equipment, that sort of stuff. And just, you know, go to Arizona and let it rip a little bit and see what happens. Sweet. Nice. Well, at least it'll be on different roads than the 70.3 was on because uh, overall most of the roads were okay, but there were some really, really bad, bad roads. So, Well, how was uh, the pristine town Tempe Lake? You know, it was good. It wasn't bad. It was nice and warm. It was no odor, no bad taste, nothing like that. Uh, really foggy green you know you couldn't see anyone's feet in front of you that was the the hardest part um i mean i guess i'll jump into what was going on with the weekend here since i'm talking about arizona but uh but you saying being sick uh reminded me because sujin was sick all weekend right she went into the race sick um i finally um talked to her enough about going to urgent care she finally went and got some antibiotics on friday night and uh was it friday night yep and then waited too late couldn't get them until saturday morning um but at least she had some of that whatever she was dealing with um and then i get home yesterday and all three women in my house are sick with cold so i'm just like oh man i'm i'm destined to get this (laughs) one way or another (laughs) but uh, i am sleeping in my own room right now and staying trying to avoid them all i can so i'm like mask up damn it (laughs) (laughs) but no yeah shout out to arizona on friday morning uh registered Got a nice placement with my all wealthy athlete. I was 105, so right up front. Look at you. uh, Right next to Raul. He was 106. And um, yeah, I mean, it was blazing. It was really, 
really hot. Um, all weekend, thought that the, it was going to be a non-wetsuit swim, but uh, somehow Ironman pulled it off that it was just one degree under 76 degrees. It was 75 degrees. Amazing so, how that happens, huh? I know. Hey, whatever. It was awesome. They had wetsuit peelers and everything. <laughs> so, um, Did you guys have a 100% uh, finish on the swim rate or how's hundred percent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think if I know anyone who got, who, uh, wasn't on the swim. I saw a report today, not a report. Someone made a comment that there were 1800 athletes registered, which seems absurd to me. I don't recall ever that race ever being that big. 1300 and some participated actually showed up to the start line and only it might've been 1100 finished. So uh, way more dropped out of this race than Kona women. So that's, I mean, that's crazy that the start, that the start rate was so low. Yeah. And I don't know if that is, I have no way to know how many are registered or how that person knew someone had commented to Sujin that they just, or they, maybe they posted something online, eight, you know, basically saying they were a person who didn't finish, I think. And kind of justifying, don't be sad if you didn't type of thing. That, so I don't know if that 1800 number is real. That seems really high. Um, but 1300 seems accurate. That was kind of what was in the tracker, I believe. But I believe it was only 1100 that, that finished overall um, or so. I mean, it's so, not crazy, right? I mean, the, I'm sure there's people that probably got scared I mean, off that's by almost the weather. A 20% draw, right? That's almost 20% DNF. Yeah, but it's like you think about Kona, right? And that's... There's a lot of logistics and planning to get to Kona. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And I would say uh, you're probably a lot less likely to drop out at Kona, right? You're exactly. at a championship. You've, you've raced. Um, exactly. So I think there's probably a lot more beginners, first timers at that race. So. And so last year they're doing the 70.3. Yep. This is it. You look like you're frowning, Tony. Do you have data? No, I was just, um, Wondering why we're comparing the, the, the rate to Kona. Oh, no, because I, I was joking because only 2% of people didn't finish or whatever, but we had like 20% didn't finish it. Uh, I, I made the joke so about I, the 100% swim joke. finish. And... Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. And just <laughs> laugh, dude. It's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Sensitive no, subject. So, Sensitive yeah, subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, apparently there was a lot of DNF, and I, I could totally see it from um, – what it looked like on the run. But as far as the swim, I had the fastest swim I've ever had there. Um, I've always felt like that's a really slow swim. I actually was fourth in my age group and 44th overall swim, which, Hey, you know, I'll take it. Uh, yeah. that's probably the highest I've ever been, but that also speaks to the field competitiveness. Well, that, but also like how often do you swim in mud? Like that, that's yeah. going to slow you uh, down. <laughs> it was the fastest I've had. So, I mean, typically I feel like I've swam a 34 in there, which is, uh, and I swam a 32. So yeah. it, it felt fast. Uh, they changed the swim course, which maybe had something to do with it. Um, uh, previously you would, um, swim down, call it a river, but you know, down it's, it, there's no real current in there. Stream. Down stream, um, kind of away from town, make a, make a right, then make a right and then swim back past the start and then beyond the start and then kind of make another right and a right. And so it was kind of like a, you know, it's a square, but you, you went two different, you started in one direction and ended from the other. Um, and this time you actually went off the dock, um, two at a time, which was interesting. And, um, the, it was 
really confusing because you're stepping up to the mat and the, and people would step behind the other swimmer, but they couldn't be on the mat. So they're constantly saying, you know, don't, don't get off the mat don't or whatever. So the people that were about to jump in are hearing, you know, get off the mat or whatever. Right. So people were like, fuck, do I go? Do I not go? Do I? So I literally went off the mat, like turning sideways, turning around, looking like shit, <laughs> hitting my watch. I'm like, <laughs> Did I, did I not supposed to, what was, what was happening? Was I not supposed to go? Yeah. So, but I think the person behind me stepped up on the mat behind me. So their timing chip was going to go at that point is what they were trying to stop from happening. But, oh, yeah. but anyway, the nice thing was the race started at six twenty. So oh, that's really nice. Yeah. So for me starting, um, I mean, I was pretty close to the front. I, you know, two years ago, I led the swim out. I was the first swimmer in the water, but this year I, I hung back a little bit, um, with the rest of the folks that were there, uh, and then moved up kind of towards right when we were about to start. And, um, I yeah, that probably helped your swim too, right? If you're, if you're first in the water, you're breaking water for how long, you know, before anybody gets yeah. by you and then, you know, versus being able to like follow that, follow feet and follow that stream. That's. No, I'll say that was one of the things is I actually worked on drafting this swim, which I do think it helped. But the problem was, is it was so foggy, you couldn't see anyone's feet. So it was really hard to determine how far in front of you they were. You almost had to sight like every other stroke because if they veered left or right, you would lose them instantly. You could, I couldn't even see my own hand entering the water. It was that. uh, foggy so when you, when you say foggy, the, the water was like hazy, not like yeah, foggy. The water's like, yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. Hazy. It's a super green, brown, yeah. hazy water that you can't see feet in front of you. Like I swam up on legs and never saw the feet go underneath me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, so mean, I know what you meant. I'm just trying to like paint yeah. the picture for those yeah, listening. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, definitely hazy is a better word. Um, yeah, but overall, the uh, swim for me went great. I, I did have some swimmers in front of me. I was able to hop on some feet, and I think that did help. Uh, I don't feel like I swam, like, real hard. I think I felt, you know, kind of controlled, and, and yeah, it was good. And uh, came out. They had wetsuit strippers. Right? That might have actually the, – the time from when you got out of the water to when the wetsuit strippers were there was too close, in my opinion. I didn't even have time to get my top – down. So I'm running up to them and they're trying to pull it off my arms and I got my watch on. And I, I like to have my wetsuit almost all the way down to my hips before I get to a stripper, if I'm going to use them. And they were so close, you didn't have time to do anything. So it, it was almost less help than, than it should have been or could have do been. You, so. if, if they provide them, do you normally use the strippers? Uh, I'll use them for my feet sometimes. I mean, I hadn't done a race with wetsuit strippers in so long. Um, I was like, eh, might as well do it, right? There was no one around. Uh, you know, like I said, I was I was out pretty early um, in front of everyone, so there was there was really no one around, um, which was cool. Got in, got my bike. Um, didn't see, you know, not hardly any bike was gone at that point, and uh, jumped on the ride. And the ride was uh, it was still fairly cool. But back to swim the. Because they started at six twenty, there the sun wasn't up. It was it was light, but the sun wasn't in your eyes. It did start coming up because I heard about people complaining, right, that you're swimming right into the sun, which I have faced before. Even two years ago, you're swimming right into that sun. You can see nothing. But um, it was great because the sun wasn't up yet. So. Yeah. so so, did they have to move the sun or what did people do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they did. I can't imagine. <laughs> it's like you have to deal with this every race. You should be very, very aware yeah. of 
of which which way the sun's going to come up, what colored goggles to wear. This is pretty basic shit. Um, And this is, again, kind of speaks to the level of the importance of like a practice swim. If you're new to a certain race, a practice swim the day before, around the time you're going to be starting is always a good idea because you can start to understand not only get your sight lines, but if that sun's going to be up, where around it's going to be and again, to be prepared for it. This race is tough because one, you can't just swim in there whenever you want. And the practice swim was at from like nine to 10 the day before. So mm. it, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but I expected the sun to be coming up, you know, which direction the sun comes up and you know, you can figure that out pretty easy. Um, but yeah, I got lucky and, and avoided it. The, the only thing was you couldn't really see the, there was no sun, but you couldn't see the buoys regardless because it was almost like a silhouette in front of you. Right. Because the, you've got, bridges and horizon and all of these things. So it was basically just black in front of you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you couldn't, you still couldn't see the the buoys, but the great thing is, is there's only so much to the left you can go. Cause you hit a wall and so much to the right you can go. Right. So. Um, were you missing, missing those Finland buoys? I was missing those Finland buoys. Those were the best buoys ever. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, they had plenty of them. There were, you know, there's a buoy every hundred meters, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then hopped out on the bike and it was amazing. I felt like there was no one on the road, right? When you get out, I mean, you're used to it, Tony, you're always out in front. But for me, <laughs> you know, only having 43 people in front of me, there was no one around. And, uh, I felt like I was having a really good ride, felt really strong. Um, parts of that ride are great. The roads are so, uh, clean, like in right there around the university and things like that. They're, they're beautiful. There's a ton of U-turns though, right? I think it's 17 or some U-turns. Um, but, but I don't mind those. That's not a big deal. Uh, but on the first lap coming down one of the overpasses, I was, I think I just looked down and right at that moment, there was a chunk of asphalt that had come up and was sitting on top and I hit it square. I thought I broke my rim and you're going down at speed, probably doing 30 miles per hour or more. And I hit that thing and immediately I could hear my rim on the ground, just, and I'm trying to come to a stop and it's kind of sliding around. And, um, I got to a stop right as it turned left, essentially the course turned left. And I was, pissed because it's like, shit, I got to change these wheel of tube on these damn Reynolds rims, which sucks so bad. And so funny story, I had a flat a couple of weeks ago, if you guys remember, and I couldn't ride. My rim tape had started to come loose. I think from all the water from Finland and all that stuff, it, it came loose and it was popping tubes. So I replaced, I came home in a haste and like, did new tape and was messing with those tires and they're pain in the butt. And I specifically was like, make sure you put the tire on correctly. Make sure you put it on the right direction. And I got sidetracked, didn't pay attention, put it on and then get to the ride. And we're out, um, went on a practice ride on Saturday or just out cruising. And Raul looks down and he goes, I think your tire's on backwards. And I look back, I'm like, damn it. How did I put it on backwards? I specifically made a note to make sure I do it right. And I did, and I put it on backwards. And so I did tear the bike apart or tear it apart, take it off and struggled to get it back on the right direction. Even though I really debated whether it makes any bit of difference, but I knew and Raul knew that if Tony knew, 
<laughs> that he would say how many 0.01 watts I would lose for having the tire on backwards. So I changed it just for you, Tony. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, no. So other than, you know, I hit that and I thought, I thought I broke my rim. So, um, hopped off and luckily it was hot. So the rubber on the tires were really nice and stretchy and I was able to pop the, pop it off, get a new tube in. I probably lost, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes. It's, it's hard to calculate, but all I know is my splits were 22, 23, 24, kind of in those ranges. And then bam, 12, 12 miles. Yeah. It was just like, and it's killing I saw me. It immediately. I saw it and I was like, shit, something happened. And then I was, I think I was talking to Michael and I was like, he either flatted like something, you know, something's wrong. He either, he, he had to take a shit. He stopped taking a shit. <laughs> Some, something, <laughs> something happened. happened. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then you got moving again. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, I like that, that race. It has so many um, checkpoints. So yes. you, you basically get so many timing um, uh, sections that you're passing. So it was good because you do three loops, right? Even yeah. though maybe there's only three or four checkpoints, but you hit them 12 times because you do three loops on that course. Yeah. Which I kind of, you know, I, I don't mind that at all. Actually. I really liked that course specifically because you are around so many people all the time, right? You're going back and forth through downtown, the route you take kind of, it's kind of almost like a figure eight ish type thing where you're on one side, you pass through downtown, you're on the other side, then you come back, you pass through downtown you're, and you, you know, the crowds are around most of the time. So it's really cool. It's not a lonely ride. There's a lot of people cheering and, and things out there, but it and also, that's, that's, that's a lot of loops though. It, it gets crowded, right? The first yeah. loop empty. Right. And, and so I came out fourth and then I came off the bike 10th is what I was told. So I felt, you know, that, that I didn't, even with the flat tire, I only dropped maybe six spots. Um, Oh yeah, but, you dropped you dropped almost seven, I think. Seven because you dropped, I think, yeah, like nineteen. I passed people like back. That. Yeah, yeah, for sure you did. Yeah, and you were making move. Yeah, you 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 were quickly making ground back up. So, yeah, I was. I could. Rem I I saw people going by. I knew who I had passed early on, and then um, I saw people going by as I was messing with the tire. So it's just like, oh man, there goes all those people I was in front of. It was the um, old like, uh, was it Captain America when he's like running running loops around like the Capitol? And uh, who's the other? Who's the other Marvel athlete that's that's with them? And he's like, don't say it, don't say it. And he's like, on your left. Because <laughs> he's, he's he keeps looping him back and forth and over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> don't say it, don't say it. God yeah. You try not to stress out, right? I mean, you had a flat in uh, Alaska, right? So the, the immediate thing is like, I'm not going to get this changed. Fuck it. The race is done. Right. It's almost like I don't want to be able to change it because I've are, I'm pissed that it's going to ruin my race. Um, but I got it back on and, and then I'm riding mad for a little while. Right. And probably riding too hard. Yeah. Um, but that, that goes away fairly quickly because you know, I can't maintain that. And, um, so the only thing about that course being three loops is it the second loop was very dangerous. It was super crowded. I mean, just yelling at people on your left, on your left, they're not moving out of the way. I forget who it was. Somebody that was there with us, um, might've been Michael. Um, somebody was yelling at somebody finally went to their right. And the guy basically just told him F you go around. Yeah. So, but the third loop, I think it spreads out enough again at that point that on the third loop, it, it's not as bad, but 
Because some so, people have already finished and gotten off the course. Is that why? I don't or? think so. Because I mean, I don't know how many, what place I came in on the bike, but I can't imagine it was that many. I'd have to look uh, yeah, as far as how many people finished. But I think they just start to, suggested. I think what happens is they start spreading out again. Right. They like naturally there's groups of people coming out of the swim together and getting on the bike together. And that, that first side of the course where they're all coming out and kind of gathering, I just feel like the second loop or they've just gotten better at riding by the third loop. I don't know that I'm on right there. They're, <laughs> I wasn't screaming at people near as much. And there's a couple sections for some reason it's extremely narrow. They, because they want to keep the right lane open, and then there's a curb on the left. It it feels like it's less than one lane width that you have available. So it's if you get people riding two side by side, somebody trying to pass, and you're, you know, one person's doing 13 and they're doing 15, and you're trying to pass and you're doing 23, right? You're coming up on people really fast and screaming at them and you know trying not to to hit people. So there were a bunch of times I had to slow down. There's just nothing you can do. You gotta yeah. just scream and wait and get around them but but no i came off the came off the ride and and felt like uh i had had a successful ride i my goal was breaking 23 miles per hour right that's always been a goal and i felt like i was on track for that i haven't tried to do the math and subtract that 12 <laughs> mile per hour to see if uh, my average would have been <laughs> 23 i probably i'll just want to imagine that it was and not know that it was 22.98 like it was at a previous race, uh, I'll just say it was going to be 23 and Thanks. got on the run. And, you know, that runs always uh, a tough run and being in the nineties, it's a tough run. Um, I just feel like it's, it's boring and kind of draining. Um, and you'll get to enjoy it twice as long Austin, but you know, you're just running around that, the, the outside of that, that lake, right? It's not even a lake riverbed. Um, so the, the one side near where the finish and start and all that is at, there's a lot of energy. There. There's a lot of people you get on that backside and there's, there's nobody. Um, and the first I knew as soon as I started running, I, I had nothing. Um, I have not had the ability to run at any sort of speed since surgery. I felt like I just can't get my legs moving that fast. Um, I don't have the base, right? All I've done is race every five weeks. I haven't rebuilt my base or anything like that. So it was everything I could do to just try and run eight mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, but that first loop, again, I, I felt like I was pretty much alone, right? There were runners. Uh, I was being passed, unfortunately. I felt like constantly um, at that point. But because uh, I got off the bike and BJ was there, he's like, you're in 10th place or something like that. And then it's just, I knew, I'm like, well, shit, I can't run. So what's going to happen? All I'm going to do is just get past. So uh, it was just dreading every runner that would go by me trying to go think, are they in my age group? Are they in my age group? <laughs> uh, but it was a, the second loop, I'll say it was a death march for people. I have never seen that many people walking. I felt like everyone was walking. Like if they were, if people were running, the runners were far enough spread out that there weren't a lot of them. And it felt like every single person was walking on that second loop and just blazing heat. Every, every aid station, well, the very first aid station, I made the total mistake of, you know, it's like water, water, ice water, all of it's just going all over the body, right? Pouring ice in the front, ice in the back, water in the face, water. And I grabbed a Coke 
And it's, of course, it's almost at the last table and just bam, doused myself right in the face with Coke. And uh, I was just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> but luckily they had a pool, like a, a, a one of those kiddie pools full of ice and water. And I just like got my hands in there and like washed myself off really quick because uh, it was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I threw Coke on my face. Did they have them like in different cups? Like, you know, like sometimes no, water well, in the plane and... Red Bull is always in a Red Bull cup or whatever, right? Uh, Gatorade is sometimes in a cup, but there weren't. I, I don't remember there being uh, really that different. No, not, not yeah, at this it, race. I always, I don't I mean, you're not thinking about it, but it does stick out in your mind. If it's like a plain white cup, you're like, oh, yeah. that's probably water. And then there's like some design on it. That's Gatorade or whatever. And yeah. that happened to me at uh, uh, Long Beach because somebody had it in a plain cup and they were saying water. And I was like, well, this is electrolyte and it's just like all <laughs> over my face, you know, so that's the worst, man. Yeah. So did that. But, um, and the other thing that was really interesting, gels were far and few between. They've caught on. They're not, I mean, I, I couldn't. <laughs> Take gels and pack up my, I didn't have, end up with like 14 gels in the back of my tri-suit. Well, that was going to be my final question. How, mu how many Morton gels did you make out with? Uh, I took two on the run and I, I ate them. I, I took them in when I, <laughs> I got them. There weren't any more again. They weren't, they didn't have two in a hand. I mean, anytime there's multiple people with two in a hand, I'm like grabbing every handful I can, but. I don't know. They uh, they were stingy on the on the Mortons for this race. Let's see if you're having a bad race day. What you do is you whenever they do have the station with the Mortons, you pass. You finish the station, but you go around the backside. <laughs> come course, by again. Come back. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Might as well get something out of this. Yeah, exactly. So, but no. So overall, I mean, it was a good day. It was challenging. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of people DNF'd. Uh, I think it was probably all on the run. Um, it did was tough alter, conditions. Hottest alter, I've ever raced. Really? Never been in that kind of heat racing before. Did yeah. you alter kind of your bike nutrition to adapt to the fact that it's a hot day and you're probably not going to be able to take in a ton on the run? You know what I mean? Kind of front load? Uh, well, one of the alters was uh, I had to lay my bike on its side, right? Um, on the first loop. So I lost all of my nutrition out of my bottle that, right. It's a refillable bottle. It doesn't have a cap on it. So all of that nutrition yeah. poured out on the floor. Yeah. So, and I had it like taped closed so that it would not splash everywhere. Cause that bottle splashes terribly. So at that point I was taking all my nutrition from a, a bottle on my bike just so, and I didn't take in enough nutrition. So some of that could have contributed to my run, but I don't, yeah. I didn't want to make excuses for, for it being nutrition. I just wanted, you know, I was not in run shape. I just don't have it to run right now. So at the end of the day, it was just survival mode. Um, it's been funny because Oregon, I ran in the gate 15s, like five weeks after I was allowed to start running. And here we are now two races later, I did Finland and then I did this one. And I think both of those runs have been worse than when I came off running five weeks. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's tough to have any, if you're going to race every four or five weeks, it's tough to get any quality work in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I felt like I haven't started from scratch and just built basics, right? Just hours and hours of zone two and just building my base back up. And I feel like I'm really lacking in that every, my long run was a race every month and a half or whatever. So, yep. But 
overall, it was fun. It was a good day. Yeah. You know what yeah. I was most surprised with with that race? I looked at the uh, the finishers. My age group, the first place finisher was a 441. Yeah, that's pretty crazy because that um, is insane. It's so even like so then 45 to 49 was a 419. Even the 50 to 54 was a 440. Yeah, so what was the guy who went 411? What age group was that? 35 to 40? Four, I, think, I think 35 to 39. 35, 39? 35, 39. 35, 39. No, the winner was 427. So maybe 33, 34. Uh, didn't yeah. I send yeah. you a guy that was 411? Didn't, didn't I? You said it was your age group though, right? Hmm. Yeah. I thought somebody went, because I was really, really surprised at how fast uh, they went. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. You're probably no, looking mean, at it. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was shocked by that because I was like, oh, and for one, I didn't recognize any of those names. So like those top five guys in my age group were probably shocked as hell to be on the podium, like never touched podium because I was like, I don't recognize any of those names, and I couldn't believe that. Well, no, if I look at the overall winner, uh, mm-hmm. what name do you have? It's like John. John Dizzer. is his finish time is not? Yeah, is it not four oh three forty seven? Yeah, but what it age group is, is he in? It's 30 to 34. Yeah, yeah, 30 yeah 30 but I was just saying the overall winner went mm-hmm. yeah, almost four sub over. four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, So it's not like it was like a slow race overall. Like the, no. there were still fast times being thrown down. So why was – like literally uh, my age group is typically one of the most competitive. Like to give you an idea, uh, like Alaska, I was fourth in the age group and it was 10th overall. Right. Like that's, that's the, how deep my age group typically is. And this was, I couldn't believe the far, the first place guy was 19th. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I, I was, I, that was very, very surprising to me. Yeah. 419 was first place in my age group. He was yeah. fast. I talked yeah. to him before the race. Actually, we started talking. Um, he's a synergy athlete. And so we were, we were chatting, you know, I had no idea the guy was going to freaking throw down like that. But I beat him out of the water, so I was happy about that. I had a faster yeah, swim. There you go. But he is a hell of a cyclist. That guy blew this, the bike away and then ran like 6.30. So no hope. So, yeah. So my takeaway is uh, I've got to rebuild my run slowly. La Quinta in four or five weeks will be another long training day. Oh, I, you're that? gonna keep coming out to track, right? Track continues. Yeah, I, did I shoot you a message? I was gonna. You, I, you, you did. You sent me a note. I was like, yeah, track continues even with the time change. Well, I was curious. Do you run in the dark? What do you? What do you? Do, what do you guys do once yeah. uh, time changes next week? Yeah. Yeah. Just run, run in the dark. Okay. Yeah, run in whatever light we have. I mean, the safety lights are on, so it's not like you're in pitch black. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't, I haven't run track there before. So that's what, that was what I was curious what happens when, because uh, I asked Sujin, I'm like, hey, do you guys run track all year long once it gets into November or whatever? She's like, I don't know. I think she stops between November and whenever. Yeah, speed changes. stops. Uh, yes, during no speed work savings. during, <laughs> yes, not allowed to be outside in the dark. But uh, okay, well then, hey, I have no excuses. I will be back there. And I think uh, you said to me, I should run. Um, your sister's workouts and I might, I might have to take you up on that. She's going to be like, get out of here. Don't, don't run with me. <laughs> but I might, I might jump, start jumping in on her workouts. Cause I think, uh, I might be able to keep up with her right now. Yeah. I think that pacing is going to, you know, going to be about right. 
Yeah. So, and then California, we had a ton of people do California and the weather was crazy yeah. up there. I mean, seeing some of the videos of people finishing in downpour. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So congrats yeah, to all like those a, folks. Yeah. It seems like they had a nice morning, a little bit of rain kind of, you know, in the later part of the bike and then pouring on the run, but you know, it seems like everybody got through just fine and did great. And we had tons yeah. of people go under 10 hours. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Tony, what were you going to say? Uh, don't I know start, he, Tony. He's, I know don't because start. of the river. No, you the can't, river. Because it, because it doesn't make sense. You, like you can't, I, like times, times mean nothing at this point. It's irrelevant. It's, it's all in like, how, how did they do like in, in the grand scheme of things compared to the competition at right. that race. But yeah. it's hard because it used to mean something, right? It used to be like, yeah, I went sub 11 or if you went sub 10, that was a big yeah. deal. But now, or sub five, but now courses like Oregon, you know, all of these river, which is the topic. I mean. Yeah. So I'd like, I already, I'm already seeing, cause there's some, there's some fast guys that, that were there, like fast guys that I talked to that I'm close to. Um, you know, like one guy went, um, like eight, eight forty nine, And so it's his first sub nine. And he's like, ah, oh, sub nine PR PR this way. I'm like, I just lost fucking respect for you right there. Like I, I don't do that shit with Oregon. Like, I know. I, I never I don't even count Oregon, Oregon as a PR. No, it's, it's not, not a legit swim. It, yeah, it's not. So like it, we just need to cut that shit out. Right. It's just, it's so, I don't know if you need that to stroke your ego, and if that's what you need to, to go, you know, whatever sub, sub five, sub six, whatever it is that, you know, goal you have, if you need to do on this course and that makes you feel better about yourself, have at it. But it means nothing to me anymore. Like these times that I saw it at California, I'm just like, I, I lost a fur on Facebook over it. Cause I said something on somebody else's post. That's, that's <laughs> how you know. <laughs> I mean, regardless of times, there were fast times. People put down, they were fast in the race, regardless of, you know, when I look at folks that I personally know that were there, I, I was impressed with the times Here, that they yeah, had. Yes, Rebecca, holy yes, cow. Hold on. Yes and no. Rebecca's a fucking monster. Like, dude, yeah, she's, I didn't know. She's probably, I didn't recognize. Oh, I, I sent her a text. I always sent her a text the night before and it was kind of like a pump up text, whatever. Like I'm, I, I usually sent her something and I was like, it's just, it's time to, rem to remind everybody who the fuck you really are. And man, she, she killed it. She was second destroyed her it. Yes. third overall, third overall female. God, she's, yeah, she's one so of impressive. the sweetest people you will ever meet on the course, but on course fucking killer. Stay out yeah. of her way. Like it's just, two completely separate people and and like off off course she's probably like on par with michael as far as how sweet she is you know like, <laughs> it's it's crazy yeah. but iron man is obviously on to something right they know how to fill a race they know how to sell out a race now it just needs to have a downriver swim well yeah so. i mean that's, that's why you have that new Washington race. We have so many. We have the new Washington race. You have Oregon. You have Maine. You have Augusta. You have Chattanooga. You have California. Like, what, I, I'm telling you, I was joking last week when I was talking about having a full down, down course Ironman, but I could see that in the realm of possibility in the next two to three years. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, but to your, Tony and I we were talking about it uh, before the race. I mean, you're still, or during the race, rather you're still going to have fast people there. You know what I mean? Like t Tony didn't understand why I was so hyped up on Dan Plews who went 
under eight hours and yeah okay it's a downriver swim and all that sort of stuff but it's under eight hours i mean give them a 30 minute buffer that's insane but but that's the thing so here's here's my point is a downriver swim does more than just give you time on the swim you come out way fresher you you especially for an ironman that's 30 minutes less basically that you need to worry about nutrition that you're not kicking that you're saving your legs you're fresher so much coming out so it it doesn't just benefit the swim that's part of it it shortens the whole day it no, i understand so i understand so that, but that's why you can't just say i'm an oh okay so just add 30 minutes to my swim and everything else i would have done that anyway horseshit that's not the way it works right yeah like, no ag- agreed i mean there there's a I Wait, all I do hand. is add 10 minutes to my swim and I know, <laughs> yeah. I know that I could do that time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there's for sure. A, um, I don't want to say a handicap, but there is like a buffer to what your real time probably is. Right. But as I was telling Tony, we were having the discussion, like fast people want to go fast. You know what I mean? Like Dan Plews would have got first in that race, no matter Regardless. what. And, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was uh, one of Chris Sakas's buddies, um, Goo, who I want to try to get on. He was, gosh, I think he was fifth overall, sixth overall, mm-hmm. and then fourth in his age group, and then Miss Kona still. Do you know what oh. I mean? So he, he already went, though. That's he wasn't brutal. like too bummed. Yeah, he had yeah. a great day. He had a great day. I mean, he, I, I, I can't remember what he was, like 440 on the bike or something, and then a three-hour marathon. I mean, that's that's a great fucking day. So yeah. So is Rebecca still, the only one we know that got a, well, I mean, niece is, I guess, from a, yeah. from a male perspective. Do we know any other male that got no. a Yeah, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph didn't get anything right. Yeah. No, because he was fifth and they had four slots in each. The, yeah, such a The bummer. four took it. Yeah. But I mean, they like. Got four I, in his age group? Yeah. Because yeah, I saw it was only 25 spots or 26 overall, right? For the whole oh, 25. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that's total. Might have been 30 to 34 fields. only had, yeah, it must have been because they only had three in that 30 to 34. Okay, or maybe there was three. Yeah. And he said it went to it went to the fourth. I you know, oh okay that yeah could be. maybe they were already yeah. qualified. Yeah, damn that sucks too. Yeah, yeah. It's he, had a, he had a great day too. Ralph had a he had a phenomenal race. day. And again, I think he surprised himself quite a bit. But you know, um, Raul and I were talking before, and we kind of had his race pegged. I think Raul had it closer than I did because I didn't. I still didn't think he'd go that fast, but I I thought he'd he'd run uh, like a three thirty five, and I think he went like three thirty one, which you know, again, I think that he surprised himself a bit there. Um, and he, he biked his ass off, but again, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a fast course. Like there's, there's no doubt. It about totally that. is. That's gotta be the yeah. fastest course on the circuit. Like without a doubt. For a full. Yeah. I think yeah, so. I, mean, I felt like that swim had to have had a faster current than Oregon did based on seeing some of the swim it, times. Well, okay. So here's the other thing is. You know, I, I think originally there were some people, you know, not just in the OCE community, but they were saying like, oh, it's like, it doesn't seem like it's as fast this year. I said, well, that's kind of crazy considering we've had the most rain and flooding in 80 years. I mean, I was up in Yosemite in July and you weren't allowed to get in the river because the levels were so high and the currents were so fast. That also feeds into those rivers. So, I mean, levels were pretty high. That current was pretty fast. And I was looking at times from this year to last year and it's considerably faster. Uh, I don't, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody, but I will, you know, that <laughs> Tony will, um, <laughs> but that does play into it. Right. You know, so 
Um, yeah, it was, it was a really good year for the swim, especially. I I feel like, again, I think we talked about this. Like, I feel like it's something that everybody does when they do a race like, Oh, well it wasn't as fast the year I did it, or it was windier the the year I did it. It was so hot the year I did it. Right. Like it's always worse than what it really is when they did it. Um, and I think this is going to be one of those things where like, Oh, the current wasn't as fast as it was last year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but it's, you know, I I could do the same thing, right? Like, okay. The, the swim wasn't as fast for me and then we had headwinds, but it's okay. Yeah. But you also get tailwinds too. Right. So, you know, did it rain last year? Like it did this year? No, just wins. Just just went last year. Yeah. And, but, but that's, that's the challenge of every course. You know what I mean? And it's, we do the same thing with Kona and we're like, well, the conditions were a little bit different. It's like, well, it's, it is what it is. They got really great conditions and yeah. You know, and that's why I, I always, tell people like it's so hard to compare like races to different races much like even um to different races and much less like year to year you can't even compare like the same race and so it's so hard when like you know people are like looking at like previous results and i'm like you you know you can't look at it that way. It's so difficult, especially like you, you, again, you just brought up Kona. And and again, this is why I'm talking about like when they're comparing the women's Kona times to previous Kona times, it's, it's a crapshoot. You can't, you just can't do yeah. that. And it's of course just, records being broken when the weather's the best, right? When the conditions are the best. And yeah, that's obvious. It could be it, years before that ever happens again. Even if you have faster, you know, people are racing faster, but right. the conditions aren't allowing for it. Right. Like in, I think the top 10, um, results from Kona are all from like 2022 and 2018 for the most part. Why? Cause those are two very fast years condition wise. Oh, I'm sorry. Like this past year and then 2020, uh, 2018. So, but yeah. I, I, I hope, I hope Ironman starts to introduce more challenging courses again. I, the whole point of Ironman I thought was to challenge ourselves you know, to, to do something difficult, to do something that, yeah. that we felt was challenging. Yeah. Cause at the end of the no, day, it's supposed, it's, it's supposed to be you versus you. Right. But we lost, we lost Tahoe. We've lost Silverman. Right. Coeur is now what? Every three years. It, we lost Whistler. Mantra Blanc is now those, gone. Are those because they weren't selling out and they, they weren't full. But Okay, so then why do you keep creating new races in different locations? Like they were selling out before until you flooded the market with, you know, how many how many choices do people have now? There's just not that many triathletes to race all these events. Right. Before, yeah. like Ironman used to sell That's it. You, how how you you know back in the forties when you used to race Ironman? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. But, I mean you 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 flew there, you volunteered. <laughs> And that's how you got into certain races, right? Right. I mean, Arizona, you basically had to volunteer to then sign up for the, you know, and then, and then line up to sign up for the following year because Arizona used to always sell out. Yeah. Ironman's used to sell out, but they don't because now you just have too many options. But again, my point being is like all these, all these easy, and I will say easy down river flat courses. It, it's all in North America. Name one course that's like that in the EU. Yeah. Like it, well, it doesn't. They, they it, probably don't have the terrain. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. But again, why do you think Americans get our asses kicked anytime you, you leave the country? Yeah. Why no, that is to, true. I mean, we're just 
again, catering to the lowest common denominator. I hate it. I, I cannot stand it. It makes me almost want to like just throw in the towel. And here's the other thing too is, <laughs> I mean, and, and this goes, this goes for the whole, I, I guess, women in Kona thing too, is people are like, well, it doesn't affect the pointy end. It doesn't affect you. Why do you care? And, and it's, the thing is like, Kona is an achievement, right? If everybody has that same achievement, well, it, it degrades it. If, if you get an, an A in a certain class and then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? We're going to start giving out A's for 70% and above. So anybody 70% above gets an A, but you busted your ass to get your A. How, how do you feel now? Your A just doesn't feel the same anymore, right? So like, is that what we want to do? It's essentially what you're doing. I don't know yeah, any no. other, like, analogy. Like, I could come with, I don't know how many analogies to try and speak to how it makes people feel and degrading their accomplishment, even though it doesn't affect what you have. It just, it just means less. Yeah, I agree. But at the, I think at the end of the day, they're a business, right? They want to fill races and keeping championships small, keeping races around like Arizona that aren't very big. You know, they don't have the, the, the participation. They want, they want to fill races. So I, I don't and know I, any other I, way I around get, it. I get that aspect of it, but you don't need to make the races easier in order to do it. So now you're making the races easier, making the qualification easier. Like, I mean, why even, yeah. why are we even racing anymore? Oh, let's just take the clock away. The clock hurts people's feelings. <laughs> we had to get rid uh, of the mess start. Yeah. Let's just do it like Tough Mudder. Every, everybody's a winner. Everybody who crosses the finish line, congratulations. Here you go. You want to go to Kona? Sure. Why not? Fuck it. Everybody's going. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, I personally, I haven't qualified for Kona, so I, I don't have the, uh, the passion about it as much, I think, right? As strongly. I don't want to see it degraded. I, I do agree that, um, you know, at some point it becomes watered down. Um, but no, co no coner boner. Yeah. But I, I don't know that I have any hopes of uh, ever qualifying. So, but it it's was... not just that, like, I look at people who bust their, like I look at Becca who busts yeah. her ass. Right. To... But does she care? I mean, you can't throw her out there really per se, but I, I'm not, I'm, I think I'm I made the gonna... comment the other day. Yeah. I'm not going to make an opinion for somebody else, but I know why are all these women who, if they care, why aren't they all standing up and saying, Hey, forget it. We're not racing. We're, we're, go we're going somewhere else. We're, we're going to go race some, some other PTO races only. Because so here's, here's the problem is, is people want to race against the masses, right? You want the competition and, and Ironman has the competition. So that's where you go race, even though you're upset with the way that they're running things, you know? It's yeah. like all like again. You could use that against any. Uh, but do you any think situation. they're they're just not voicing their opinion enough, or you or you think, think they are? I, not I think Man a lot of them are. Well, I think one, they're the minority, so people don't care, and right. two, they can't be too vocal because then they're going to be shit on and attacked for being haters or you know elitists or whatever else it is. It's like why didn't all the swimmers, you know, complain against the whole Leah Thomas thing and not swim and right like the same thing like you don't want to go against the grain in that situation and be attacked because of your viewpoint so you stay silent i think there's a lot of that going on 
Yeah, no, I could agree. I, I think when you when you look at comments on anyone that is promoting it, right, as being great, uh, if anyone goes against that female specifically, right? I always look specifically for female comments. Um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're going most against. Can't have an opinion. <laughs> well, no, because I want to see the females that are against that, right? I want to see their opinions. If they're saying, Hey, it's becoming watered down. I want to, I want to hear their opinions and their arguments for it. And they're, they're, they are in the, um, the minority. They're, they're not speaking up if they're upset. Yeah. But it's, but it's the same thing against like the, uh, the women at Boston who are saying that, yeah, the, the women's qualification is too easy. We should make it more difficult. There's only a few women that are speaking that, but again, they, they don't want their field watered down. They don't want everybody to have that accomplishment. They want their A to mean something. That's all it yeah. is. I you're, hear you. You're saying everybody, every, like most women in Boston, or you're saying just the elite field? I'm, I'm saying like the, the, the elite, the, uh, the pointier okay. end. Yeah. I was going to, cause I was going to say, I mean, I, I think the, you know, a lot of the men also want it to be easier, right? They want to get into easily. But that's just from the standard age groups. And we saw that at Nice, right? There were yeah. plenty of men that qualified at Nice that have never qualified before, right? That were that went to race yeah. that will not again, ever be in Kona. Yeah. And again, I'm not I'm not just picking on the women, but it Iron Man's making it so easy. And that's so that's where my anger is being directed. But yeah, yeah no, the, the men in Nice kind of had the same situation. Or even like I was upset about St. George, the way they were handing out slots for St. George championship. And that wasn't even Kona. Like, so my, you know, like it's, it's not like I'm directing it at just women. It's the way Ironman is running these championship events that are supposed to be prestigious, that are supposed to mean something. Well, wasn't St. George, if you had happened to already have registered for the race you were in the world right. championships at that point. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the way it started because it was just a normal race at first. Right. And then after that, then they opened it up to uh, all world athletes, right? All world athlete gold. If you were all world athlete gold, hey, guess what? Here's a slot. And then they still didn't fill it. So then they opened up to, to uh, silver. Right. And then I, it, I, it, I had heard that they opened up to even bronze level. So it was pretty wild. That, I mean, they Pay were giving play. out slots left and right, right? Because they just, they missed a lot of racing during COVID. So they just wanted everybody to okay, pay up, let's make some money. And I remember my first Ironman in Texas and I went 1121 or something like that. And I think I missed St. George by two slots. So, you know, how competitive is that really? And then I saw some people doing the race and I was like, well, I, I should have just gone a little faster. Dude, I'd be the world champs right now, you know? Like, I don't know. But they were hurting for money, I guess, you know? Yeah. We're giving people back their fees when they deferred races and stuff. So, you know, they were really hurting. Yeah. And again, speaking of trying to fill races, you have the, uh, the shill triathlete magazine that we can, can we kind of talk about this real quick because we've been, <laughs> we've been shitting on their articles lately. And this, this actually just speaks to what we've been saying is they are just a mouthpiece for Ironman. This, this is why I, I, I say, like, don't believe anything you're reading in Triathlete Magazine. Most of it is crap, and they're paid just to write and say certain things. So just a week ago, you had the whole opinion of, do you want to triathlon, claim the damn spot, right? Like, you know, data from the Women's 2023 Ironman World Championship makes one thing very clear. Women are crushing the triathlon game. Now what? 
Why are you saying it like that, Tony? Why in that tone of voice? <laughs> because I, I, I'm reading it. I'm reading it in Susan Lackey. In, in, in her uh, her wording here. In her tone. And so, yeah, yeah. So then we have a week later, what do we get? A new a new article from uh, from Traveling Magazine. Ironman changes women's world championship qualification process. Underwhelming response for the women's niece 2024 event leads to addition of slots at select 70.3 races and for loyal age groupers. Yeah. Well, what was funny is uh, we're at the race, right? Sujin got the email before, which I'm not sure, but she she got it and started reading it uh, and to me. So I'm listening to, to what she's saying. And all I can think about is, is Tony and <laughs> this podcast. Angry. <laughs> you and really grind my gears. To find out when you're going to find the news out. And what's I'm sure Triathlete Magazine already had the article ready to go before the women even received the email uh, that you could get in just about any way possible now. So yeah. It's, well, and, such a, and, it's such a weird article to follow up with. You had the one that's like, take the spot. This is amazing. The women are growing. And it's like, well, we're having underwhelming responses. So it's, again, Iron Man saying, hey, take the slot because we need to fill people. Like, we need to get people to fill this in. And then you come up with this article and going like, hey, guys, don't you feel bad? You should probably take every slot. You know, again, we're going to just, we're going to let people start walking in here. I'm kind of on the fence. I've, I've thought about it kind of back and forth, the fact that they're offering spots to, it was a top five, 70.3 finishers, right? To women um, that may have never done an Ironman. And yes, a top five is probably more competitive and, and will do better at a world championship, but giving those women an opportunity to go to the world champs before someone that actually did do an Ironman that maybe is less qualified, but they actually have done an Ironman that year. And, you know, they put in the work they've, you know, so I'm kind of on the fence on, on that one versus you know, giving, giving them to 7.3s versus giving them just to a, a lower qualified and less qualified. So you, so you think Taylor Nib shouldn't have been able to race Kona? <sighs> if she wanted to race Kona, she could have raced a full and, and got a spot. I have, I think she could have. Well, yeah, but in in the scenario, but that, that precedent has been there forever, right? That that's been there forever. The yeah. world champ, the 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 world champ gets in. That that's yes, yeah. but to now open that up, and they'll probably, honestly, they'll probably do it for the men in two years from now, right? They're going to have to do the same thing. They had a hard yes. time filling Nice. It's going to yeah. be that way for a while. Well, I mean, I, it, it, we already saw that, right? I mean, they yeah. were they were emailing six months after Ironman California last year going, Hey, we're rolling down some more slots. You might well, get one. Y yes and no. So the, the problem was, is they already had so many races that had been completed and that were able to defer. And they had like 1200 athletes, 1200 male athletes that had already taken slots to Kona that they then deferred and rolled out then to Kona, uh, next year, 2024. And so you had all those races that should have been these slots essentially that right. nobody, nobody took knee slots for the most part. And so this next year, you're going to have all those races offering or not this next year, but in two years, you'll have all those races offering knee slots, which those people will know up front. I'm, you know, I'm signing up for knees and they'll be able to, to then get rid of those slots. What I don't think we'll have such a problem as the women. 
what that case was is I'm surprised they didn't, uh, and maybe they didn't, and I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't offer those those folks that deferred the opportunity to to pay and and go to this world championship as well if they need to fill slots and they want they uh, high level athletes there. Oh, so they, you you I, had the chance did. to defer and take. Yes. So you could have got both. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I didn't so realize my, that. My buddy Roger is legacy and obviously he wants to do legacy in Kona and they moved it. And so then they said, well, you can defer it um, or you can race both. So you can go and race Nice and you'll still be able to do legacy and race the oh, following year in Kona. And he wow. just turned it down. So yeah, yeah. so that was an option uh, for some people. And I think like, you know, for somebody who has the financial means to do that and make that happen, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't see why they wouldn't have taken it. But um, you know, back to this this latest article from Triathlete Magazine. There's a quote in here from Andrew Mesick that I love because it's basically what I've been saying. But I would again, I get shit on for saying this because it sounds like I'm hating on women. But the quote is, "It doesn't have to be as hard as it used to be to get to Kona, where for many women age groups you had to win to get there. But there should be some exclusivity about qualifying for a world championship." That's exactly what the hell I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but but, he, but uh, that I mean, article, that quote is in the article where they're now announcing right all these other ways to qualify. Correct. <laughs> Which is strange. Talk, talk is cheap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I knew uh, when, as, that, when that came uh, through, it was going to be fun discussion. Uh, but I mean, as you were saying, Chris, like we're kind of beating a dead horse here. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't affect our lives too much. And it's like, it, wait, it doesn't, wait. but again, it's, it just seems like every week there's something new with this that stirs the fucking pot and then gets me agitated again. And it reminds me <laughs> of this shitty situation that we're in, in Ironman. And it drives yeah. me crazy. I think we just need to well, get over it. Nothing we can do. <laughs> I think they also admitted, uh, maybe it was Andrew. Wasn't there something in there about, we know that, um, it's going to take time. Right, that that this is an attempt to grow it, and there there was some language in one of those articles, almost speaking to. We know that it's not the same level, but if this is our attempt to grow the women's participation, um, and that that is where I argue, regardless of who's there, I'm I'm really over that honestly at this point. But the the argument that adding these slots are going to grow women's participation in, in, in triathlon or Ironman. I don't see that as being what's going to grow the sport. Right. I mean, most of the people I know, right. Other than very few, Tony, there's very few, right. That, that used to go to Kona. Most people are doing Ironman for other reasons. They didn't get into Ironman to go to Kona. So I don't yeah. know that the fact that there's now a thousand more spots, right. That whoever, you know, is, is going to now jump into Ironman and, and have a dream of qualifying for Kona. Yeah. I, I don't see that either. Right. I think most people that were doing it, we're doing it again as a, as a challenge, as a bucket list item because their friends were doing it. You know, a lot of these, these clubs and tri clubs in the area. Um, and so they're getting people, I mean, they're the ones who's really creating the demand, you know, like clubs like, like 3P, who's right. just, yep. you know. They're bringing grow, people into huge. the sport. Yeah. And because yeah. now, now spouses are racing, which you don't really see that. And, and right. I mean, 3P is probably the best example that I can use locally, um, who's just grown beyond measure in such a quick amount of time. And there, I mean, there, there are other clubs in the area, but not growing at the rate that, that 3P is. And I think 
racing at the level that the, that they are. And by that, I don't mean by speed, but I mean just it, in growth numbers. You know, so it's not like they're all just out there training; they're actually all out there participating in events. Yeah, and what they do, I mean, 3P is pretty incredible. One, their apparel is really inexpensive, right? They're, you're getting a ton of gear when you join for 70 or 80 bucks. And they're holding a ton of their own races, right, that you can go participate in. I mean, they've... I don't understand how they're doing it, to how they're making money at what they're doing. Um, but uh, they are growing it. And that's where I look at maybe Ironman should be putting efforts in around the country in growing, uh, if they're really interested in growing women's participation, yep. how do you they're, grow these social communities within large, uh, populated areas? Yep. Things like you that. Know, you know, it would, there should be something where like Ironman helps funding in these larger groups in certain demographics in certain cities. And that basically allows these clubs to then go out and be, you know, an arm of Ironman essentially. And help grow the sport, which what Ironman wants. Right. You know, if they're I mean, not gonna go like and right now, like, their their club benefits are pretty BS, honestly. Right. I signed OCE, OCE up to be a club and thinking, oh my God, if we have so many racers at a half Ironman, we'll get a slot, then we can give that away. I mean, the reality is, is you have to have like 17 people in a race or 24 people or something like that at a 70, a single 70.3. A single race? A single race. Not 24 in a year and you get a spot to give to one of your club members. It's 24 in one race. So how many clubs have more than 24 in general, right? And how many have 24 going to a single race, right? You've yeah. got, that's where you get Varlo and Zoot and all these major yep. manufacturers, which again, why are you benefiting the fucking manufacturers, right? You should be benefiting the real clubs, not someone who's manufacturing and selling gear and creating ambassadors, which are truly nothing but people that are paying you to buy your own gear. Those should not be clubs in my opinion. Exactly. So. Yeah, I mean, there's no community outreach, right? Like, why isn't Ironman showing up to a 3P unsanctioned race and being like, hey, here's this and that. You guys know about these races or that race or anything like that. And it's also a great way for them to get out in the community and go, well, where are we getting a lot of interest? Because maybe we should look at doing a race there. Like, it's it's pretty surprising to me that there's no, like, LA County, Orange County, 70.3. I mean, I know there's Oceanside, but I mean, it seems like there's pretty big participation in these areas right even their tri club finder is crap right you can go on yeah. there and like yeah. try it find a tri club and they list maybe 30 in orange county 28 of those are dead links right, right. there's not even in method of like every year you've got to requalify or re you know just something to help promote the clubs that do exist so yeah i completely agree oh. yeah but now they're I don't know. I, it's interesting to see, you know, organizations like PTO who don't really, uh, they don't put on age group races, right? They have to slide in with the USA nationals or challenge or something like that. And you're like, well, how, what's that business model? Like, like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to get people involved in the race and get excited? They did host it? one, right? Or was that with someone else? The one they, up in Edmonton, wasn't that? They or was it Dallas? Dallas? Yeah. They, uh, Edmonton as well last year, but mm -hmm. they're just like not an events company or something. So now, I don't know, they're trying, I think they're trying to work with um, World Triathlon or whatever to start drawing people there. And 
I mean, you it's know, definitely the, a defocus for them, right? I mean, if they're extremely focused on what they're doing, I can see that it would be a, a huge, uh, take a huge toll on resources to try and now stand up events to compete with Ironman. Um, but, I mean, they're doing a great job you, with the pros, right? <laughs> they're competing no, exactly. with the pros for sure. But it's but like, how, how do you get you, people in? Yeah. Yeah. How do you continue? I've been saying that forever, right? Unless you still have these uh, very rich people who love triathlon and are giving you tons of money to try and build this. How do you continue to spend the amount of money you're spending on media and all of these things, hosting these amazing events if you're not making money? I, I remember seeing last year when they did Dallas, some of the pros were like giving away last minute, not giving away, but heavily discounted entry fees to the PTO races as an age grouper. And I think it was $250 to race. And I was like, oh man, how's that work out with my schedule? I could jump on a flight and get out there and race, you know, a uh, you know, middle distance and with all these pros, that'd be really fun. And then they just stopped doing races. And now they're just in places where other races are going on. I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know how, you know, how can they continue that and pay these pros a hundred thousand dollars for the winner each race. And it's an odd business model to me, but yeah, I don't know if the sponsorship, I've always said, I don't know that the sponsorship dollars are there to continue putting that kind of money out. And not right P, now, will the PTO yeah. be around in five years, 10 years? Well, it will be as an organization for the, the pro athletes, but not as a events company, right? They won't be putting on any races. This is a good segue if you want to move into the new uh, Ironman Championship Series. Yeah. I mean, obviously what they're doing is working, right? Because they're putting pressure on Ironman that they've had to step up now. Well, it's great. I mean, if Ironman steps to the table with this, that's pretty incredible. And now you've got competition, like you're saying, of well, how do you pick your season? How do you choose a PTO race, which I don't think any of those are out yet. Right. Theoretically, you know, I think Singapore was, is supposed to be around, or not Singapore, whatever the first race is, is supposed to be around Oceanside, but there's no, there's nothing on that. And Ironman already has the whole list out. It's going to be really, really interesting to see who shows up to what. Austin, do you want to give a, a little, uh, background on what this new series is? Yeah. So Ironman recently, a day or two before Kona, uh, for the women introduced this new championship series that the pros within the Ironman ecosystem are now able to compete in a series of races. Um, and I believe it's 10. So correct me on, if you guys have the, the actual info, it's 10 races, I believe, uh, five fulls, five halves, and they all have essentially a point system where you can accumulate points and whoever has the most points at the end of the year, um, I believe that top finisher gets $200,000 and then it drops down from there. But Tony, do you have the numbers on, I think it's like 11 through 20 get at least 25,000, $20,000, something like that. I, I don't recall the exact numbers. I just know the yep. overall number is double what the PTO was offering. Like they, they right. made it, a, they made it a point right. to, to right. double for the a sing, overall But that's out. for a single race, right? A single PTO race, or is that wrong? Is the hundred thousand no, not in total? It, it's the bonus at the end of the year. Like it's it's equivalent to like the bonus that the PTO gives at the end of the year. Ironman's oh, okay, doing the okay. same bonus at the right? Yeah. Right, 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 right. But the per race PTO race win is still yes, but this really is, yeah, high. This is, this is all on top of your earnings at any of these races as well, right? right so right. it's now it's now become 
okay, you're a professional athlete. Let's start treating you like a professional athlete. And so it's, it's again, they were feeling pressure from PTO to start paying their athletes. So they picked a series and now we're going to have some sort of storyline. You're not going to have everybody at every one of these races, like with PTO, since it's a hundred K you're, you're going to get a lot of people racing almost all five or four. However, I think it's five races for the PTO. You're probably not going to get everybody racing these. And there's a point system where full Ironmans are, I believe, more than double the uh, point allotment if you complete and place high on those compared to a 70.3. So now, as we were saying, it's interesting to see how athletes are going to choose their season. I know Oceanside is the first uh, event on this list for Ironman. And that's always a huge, hugely popular race, not just between age groupers, but also with the pros. So now you're like, okay, if I have Oceanside and Singapore's two weeks later or something like that, how am I going right. to work this out? What will be interesting to see is does that pull in some of the Europeans to race some of these U.S. races, which they haven't necessarily done in the past? Well, and to your point, how do you choose? Everybody's going to want a piece of this pie. So where do you stop the field? Are we going to have a 50 male pro field, a 125 pro male field? There's only so many people that you can allow on this course, right? Especially at Pendleton, you can't, they're not just going to let, you know, more and more people. There's a certain number of athletes they allow on that course. So I, I was listening to a couple podcasts and I listened to one with Andrew Messick and I guess what they're going to try to do is do sort of a loyalty system, you know, who puts their name on a start list and actually shows up who puts their name on a start list and withdraws last minute with no intention of racing and kind of put those people higher on their list, but they're going to have to have some sort of ranking system too, kind of like the PTO does. Um, I don't, it's yeah, I I'm excited to watch it because now you have people like, you know, Tony's boy T Foles, uh, he's, he's going to start probably getting into, you know, full distance and, he's got a chance to make a lot of money. I, I, I can't remember who did it, but somebody essentially did the rankings based on this series for this year. So 2022 or sorry, 2023 results and how people would have finished. And I believe Matt Hansen for the males was number one. So you're like, that's yeah, interesting. Like, well, oh. what's cool is it really does open up opportunity for right. that next tier athlete to make some, possibly make some money at the end of the year. Yeah, and yeah then, so, so it pays out top, I have it up here now, it pays out top 50. The overall payout is uh, is 1.7 million for the series. For both men and women or just the men's side? And then, because it's equal pay for both, It's equal right? pay, yeah. So, so they were one, able to use all of that extra money from women registering for the world championships <laughs> to pay the pro athletes. Look at that. <laughs> um, so you the, complaining now? Now you complaining? <laughs> killing me so the the top 10 payout total payout is 650k and then the 11 through 11 through 50 they basically split 200k evenly right so i mean so it's, 200K pretty, it's a bonus right 40 you know, spot. I mean, that's yep. pretty great yeah so I mean, that's that's really good money and and also i know andrew was also saying he he expects this to also take time because the whole idea is they're going to get hopefully get more sponsors on board for this so that they can pay 
more or even pay deeper into the field so that they have, oh, we've got a, a, a roster of pro athletes that are our pro athletes and we take care of them. So I think it's probably going to be about a year, maybe two to where people can start following a storyline and sponsors are like, oh, okay, this is cool. We can spend a little bit more time here. We're willing to pay a little bit more here. So I, it's PTO is the one who started it. And then this is just all great for the sport really. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I think it's good that the pressure, what they've been doing is, is forcing Ironman, which I think everybody's always said, right. They, they don't really take care of the pros. So some of them yeah. get paid. Yeah, yeah, you gotta I mean, be able to make a living. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the cost of races and how much everything has increased, uh, to, to race in Ironman over the years versus how much has the prize purses for pros increased over the years, it's definitely not linear. So yeah, they've been pocketing sure. quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, Tony, when you were running with your boy t this weekend, did he <laughs> talk about that at all? You know, I, I can't, you know, divulge conversations between good friends. Yeah, we didn't even really talk about the fact that Nadia was racing Trevor Foley's girlfriend and that uh, you were hanging out with, with Trevor. So did Yeah, you, did that, you... that ended up working out pretty well. Um, so yeah, so Nadia had uh, originally was going to race the setting point three based on the heat and the the stupid start times that Alpha Win had decided upon, which I thought was ridiculous, um, and they weren't really going to move from that. Um kind of decided that it would be best if she just moved down to see Olympic distance. And then, you know, basically she had, she had her own goals for that as well. Wanting a PR in that distance, a lifetime PR and, and, um, you know, see what she could push on the bike for that distance. I mean, there were still goals in place, but she did decide to, to, to move down to that distance. And, um, even so the Olympics started at eight 30 it was already like so 80, late. 86 degrees or something like that. Was there the a reason right? it started so late? I'm, I'm not exactly sure the, um, they started, they started the 70.3 went off at seven and then they had the sprint go and then they had the, uh, the Olympic go. And then, well, they also had like, um, a, a duathlon and they had like an aqua bike race. They have multiple events. And you so think they were trying to have like align the closures of the course more closely together in a way so that they could close the roads. Everybody be on the run. Everybody be finishing about the same time. I don't know because the run was all inside the park, right? Like, you so know, it didn't you, really matter. So it didn't matter from that. So it was really just the bike. And if you were starting the setting point threes at seven, basically everybody should be out on the bike, or at least you're going to have to close those roads within, you know, 30 minutes of that anyway. So why not literally just start almost do a mass start at that point? Like, Hey, we're going to, you know, obviously we all know the heat is going on right now. It's going to get hot today. So we're, we want everybody to start everybody as soon as possible. We're going to make this adjustment. It's going to be a little uncomfortable in the water. You're going to be fighting through some more bodies, but it's going to, you're, you're basically going to suffer less at the end of the day. And that didn't happen. Now are those um, mass starts or rolling? Nope. It's well, so each distance is a mass start. Yeah. Okay. So it's but, not even by age group in the, no, it's by gender. So they, they do, okay. yeah, they let off the setting point three men first and then they give them like five minutes and they start off the setting point three women. Um, and then they obviously they do that per each, per each event. Um, uh, but there's only like maybe 40, 40 to 50 people in like most of these events anyway. Right. So it's not, that's what I'm saying. Like they could have done one large 
wave essentially to get everybody going and 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 going early but um but yeah so back to the, i guess the original point here is we had to, we had started uh we got there and as i'm walking a uh, transition i look over and i see someone who looks like trevor and uh trevor foley and and um so you know kind of like is that him and i walked over and i got closer and i saw like the the you know, the tfr shirt on and so then i was like trevor and he's like yeah I was like, yeah, how's it going? I introduced myself and we started chatting a little bit and, um, and, and, you know, he obviously had mentioned that he was there, uh, to support his girlfriend. If I was racing and I told him no, I was obviously in transition. So that's why he made the, asked the question. And I told him like kind of same thing. I'm just, I'm supporting, I'm here at Sherpa. And then, um, I had, I actually had the Lionel shirt on. Uh, and so he had made a comment about the shirt and then we kind of talked about you know, line a little bit and then it got into gym and arrow testing. And we were kind of like in our own little world there for a bit. And then, uh, uh, his girlfriend kept, you know, kind of like asking questions and stuff. And then he's like, Hey, I, you know, I got to get, you know, sit down. I was like, yeah, I, me too. I got to go, you know, basically help out, uh, make sure she's all situated. And so he's like, let's, let's touch base when they're in the water. And, uh, so I was like, all right, cool. So we kind of went off and, and did our thing and, um, and then as Nadia and uh, his girlfriend is uh, uh, Sophie. And uh, so as they got in the water, we linked up again, just start, start chatting and chatting pros. And, um, you know, he, he talked a little bit about what was going on with them. And we talked about the pro series and um, talked a little bit about the laid low situation, which I have, we'll get into after this. Um, and so when's uh, it coming on the pod? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about all that one. Um, <laughs> but he's like, what, "What are you doing after this?" And I was, I was like, "Well, my my thought is, is once they jump out on the bike, it's such a short bike, I really can't see anything. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out for a run." And uh, he's like, "Well, do you mind if I join you?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> like not at all." So do you say if you can keep up? <laughs> yeah, no, actually. So when <laughs> when we uh. We're about to start, and I because we actually had to go to our, our cars to change or whatever. And uh, I walked over to him, and I was like, "All right, take it easy on me now, right? I'm I'm still just an age grouper, so don't." And he's like, "No, no, it's just easy. I'm not in season, right? This is just kind of to get the legs moving." I was like, "All right, cool." He's like, "Just uh, you know, you set the pace, and and we'll keep it together." And so we just kept it conversational, and so yeah, did a quick. Uh, I was I originally wanted to run six, but he wanted to cut it down to four. Um, so yeah, we just had a quick little four mile on the, on the run course because nobody was really on it yet and, uh, had a good quick conversation. Little four mile at 540 pace trying to show off. No, no way, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, if we touched like seven thirties, that might've been good. Remember at this point too, it's already, it's over a hundred degrees at this point. Yeah. That's crazy. And, uh, and we're talking, we're like, holy shit, they're going to be suffering. Like we're just thinking like this, <laughs> this sucks for us, man, but man, they're going to be hating life when they get off. Um, and so uh, go ahead. when you, when you said that I was, or you messaged us this weekend, you're like, oh, I, I ran with Trevor. I was like, oh, it's cool. In my head, I'm just imagining like you guys got up early for a run or something and he was just he happened to be running where you were running running like a 6 30 at, at like an aerobic pace and tony's like oh i think that's him and just tony's just trying to run him down comes up hey what's up dude <laughs> <Like> all calm <laughs> i don't know why just goes running that. by him yeah right yeah. Morning, 
Yeah. Yeah. Come, coming on your backside. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. No. So yeah, we just had a had a good run and then um uh cleaned up, changed, and then got ready for our significant others to kind of come through. And when we were when we were talking, it was funny because uh she's raced a few times and I think she took first in her age group at a setting point three in Maine, I think. I think Maine or, Maine or Augusta. It was one, but it was a downhill swim, right? Down current swim. And he was talking about how she hates, like she doesn't swim very well. If he can get in the water twice, it's probably, it's a good week. And I was like, yeah, if I can get naughty in the water once a week, it's a good week. So, you know, we're in the same boat here. And, uh, and so like the first place girl came out in like, you know, 26 minutes, something like that. And then uh, Sophie came out, I think four minutes behind her. And then Nadia was like another four minutes behind her. And so I'm like, that's kind of what I expected. So, all right, like time to, you know, time to do work on the bike run now. And so she was, I think she was like 12th. I mean, I'm going to get this all wrong now. She's going to get mad. Maybe she was 10th out of the water. Um, and then biked her away. It sucked too. Cause there's like no intermediate splits. So literally like once they go on the bike, I don't know anything until they come back. Uh, and, I knew kind of what she was timing wise looking for, but, um, she came back in off the bike in second and she was five minutes behind, uh, that girl, Sophie and, um, and Trevor. So Sophie, so Sophie was leading the race off the bike yes. when Nadia came off. All right. Yeah. So she basically had basically caught and passed all the other, um, women that were for her. I think she, she might've been like fifth out of the water, sixth out of the water. And, um, and yeah, so first come in transition, you know, I, Trevor's talking to her and then like runs off with her, um, up and over the hill. And, uh, I'm like, all right, well, how, how much time do we have, you know, like before Nadia gets here and as Nadia's coming in and I'm talking to her, like, okay, you're in second, third place was like right behind her at this point, like literally like five seconds behind her. And then, um, as I'm telling Nadia, like, the information that she needs. I look over and like Trevor's running back towards me like, Hey, like, you know? And so then I'm, I, I told Nadia what I need to tell her. And I, I run off cause, um, I want to get back to like the midpoint between aid stations. And I think when Trevor ran off with Sophie, he started her off too hot. I think he might've, I think he might've just been like trotting along and she was trying to stay with him at that pace and, uh, and again, by this point, I got, it's over hundred degrees. It's gotta be like 102, 104 or something like that. It's, it was oppressing. Um, and so yeah, Nadia's five minutes back. And then I think on the way, on the way back, Trevor mentions to me, he goes, Oh, um, after the first loop that Sophie had gone a little bit further to the, to the wrong turnaround and probably added like two tenths of a mile to her run. And I was like, oh, that's going to do that five minutes quite a bit. <laughs> and so then, so now I'm like, this is going to get interesting now. Because otherwise, like it's, you know, a 10K, like how, how hard is it to make up a, you know, five minutes in a 10K? And also she ran collegially. So it's not like she's a weak runner by any means. Um, but yeah, that, that, I think that two tenths was like just enough to bring Nadia like within, uh, within like more visual distance. And so by that first lap, I think she was only like three minutes down and then, um, Nadia was running strong and, uh, that last lap like went out and by going back out on the, on the, towards the last lap, um, 
it cut down to like maybe a minute 30. And then I, I was, Trevor went and ran towards the finish line. He was like, Hey, I'll see you after the race once they're done. Uh, and we'll catch up. And I was like, All so right, he cool. realized that, uh, his girlfriend, your girlfriend were battling it out. Yeah. Yeah. We knew this coming off the bike, like, yeah. you know, and we knew it was kind of going to be that from the start. Um, but knowing, knowing, uh, Sophie's background, I, I knew it was going to be quite a, quite a challenge for Nadia. Um, but I think two things really played in her favor was one, Sophie screwed up that turnaround distance, the first lap and two, she went out too hot and was just like falling apart, coming back in. And, uh, so yeah, Nadia caught her at the back end turnaround. And, uh, and so as I'm waiting, I, I was expecting to see Sophie first and I was going to, I was going to give her some ice cause I had a cooler with me. I was going to try and, you know, help her out a little bit. And I see Nadia's kit coming and I'm, I'm confused a bit by this. And so I run over to Nadia and I'm like, All right, you know, give her some information, talk to her. And I'm like, just move your ass basically. Like, get, you know, you're almost there, get going. I'll, I'll see you at the finish. Um, and then I ran towards the car dropped off the cooler and dropped off whatever I could and then grabbed some things for Nadia that I think she wanted at the finish and then like try and sprint to the finish to ca capture some video. I couldn't get there before Nadia. So I didn't get any video of that, but we got there almost like identically. And then, uh, yeah, Sophie ended up being like 40 seconds back. So wow, it was a, it was a good race overall, like fun to see, fun to be a part of fun that it was somebody we kind of knew per se. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, yeah. And then we, we talked a bit afterwards and stuff and, um, that's when we had basically exchanged some info and so hopefully be in contact soon to be you, uh, matching you up your race schedules for next year. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, so <laughs> apparently, so, uh, she came out, so Sophie came out there to, uh, like recon cause she's going to do La Quinta and he's saying he's probably gonna do La Quinta as well. So he was just, again, kind of being in the area, um, and checking it out because they drove from Arizona. For so that are race. you going to La Quinta now to cheer? No, I'll be at CIM. Oh yeah, you're going to CIM. Yeah, it's cool, dude. I'll, I'll be there. I'll fill in. There you go. Yeah, he asked. He's like, he's like, oh, are you going to race La Quinta? And I was like, man, I really wanted to, but I got CIM. And he's like, man, I really wanted CIM, but I got La Quinta. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> there we go. So are. did you talk just there mad shit to him at the finish line, or what was that? Did you talk just mad shit to him at the finish line or oh, how, how did that go? Come on. No. We, we were, <laughs> Gracious winners. Yeah. Right? To right. Totally cool. Everything was totally cool. But it That's was awesome. nice. Because like, um, we, we were all like, uh, obviously we're, we're dressed as, as we're, uh, you know, cheering them on during the swim and stuff. And then as we both go to change, we show back up and we're both just in shorts, shorts and a hat and glasses. So I was like, yeah, that's... <laughs> Somebody matches my outfit. I, I appreciated it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So you guys talked a little bit. You don't have to share the info, but you talked a little bit about the Laidlow situation, which is quite interesting. I mean, it's kind of an interesting transition to uh, just laying it out there and accusing, accusing everyone or throwing everybody's name out there that might be accusing him. So kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting situation. I mean, what Austin was the first one to kind of bring it up of like, hey, did you guys see, did you guys see this? And, you know, trying to look into it and, and research a little bit more. Um, that's a really interesting situation. Like, so for those not familiar, Laidlow basically 
went full scorched earth on uh, IG and um, basically called out a bunch of people for um, claiming or making accusations that he's doping and um, and there's now an investigation um, by the ITA um, on him. Yeah, and so, it sounds like it wasn't just it was more. He felt it was more than just um, somebody saying they think he dopes. Right? It, it, they, he felt specifically they were emailing and trying to get you know investigations going. Right? Yeah. So the I guess the thought, not the thought, but what had happened is that Rodolfo Vonberg, uh, Rudy's dad, he sent around an email to several people who are also in the sport accusing Sam Laidlow of doping. I don't know what was the tip off or whatever, right? But this obviously tends to happen it got if back to the, him. What's that? Obviously got back to him. Yeah. So someone who was on that email leaked it back to Sam. And so Sam goes and like Tony said, just kind of blasted everybody by name, talks about Rudy's dad by name talks about talks about a Daniel and we were kind of thinking it was back a guard, but we really don't know. He doesn't say any last names on that person, but essentially, and then he kind of does a weird, I don't know if you'd call it backhanded or, you know, he just says, sorry that you and your son can't live up to, you know, what I am or something like that. It was kind of, I don't know, kind of lame, but I mean, I understand being upset for having accusations, having said that being at the top of the sport, you're going to always be accused of things like that. So giving it light is very weird. And then what, two, two days later, day later, he takes down the post and says, Oh, I just wanted to show everybody that that's not cool. And I'm trying to stop it. I don't want to have any hate in this community. So I'm taking it down. I was like, well, you've obviously got some feedback from, uh, Some influential or important people. <laughs> well, he's obviously never Maybe doesn't have sponsors. A, yeah, doesn't yeah, have a PR yeah. person in his corner because it's like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Just let him be. Who cares? You know, I, it's a weird response to have. It's that this really overly defensive. Um, he went full Lance Armstrong. Right. Right. So it's like, well, if I'm going down, I'm going to take everybody with me. Type of response. I don't know if that's true. I hope to God for the sake of our sport, it's not true. Right. We we've already had. Uh, enough incidents this year. Uh, yeah, whether you dislike him or not, I hope he's not doping. Right, right. And so I really I really disliked that A, he went with that response, and then B, he takes it down. So you're like, well, you made, you made a terrible response, but now you're going to take it down like one way or the other here, man. So it's very odd to name people by name and specifically call them out and I, I, I mean, come on, you don't think Jan's been, you know, accused of this sort of thing? Maybe not to that degree. Maybe I don't, I don't know what the email said. Maybe we can get our hands on it. Um, I don't know what the email said. I don't know. Tony, get to work, Tony. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who else was involved, but every, I'm sure everybody who's been in this position has been accused. It's not like you're special, you know, and it's an odd response to have in my opinion. I don't, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Well, but from what I hear, this isn't the first time where I've heard rumblings about Sam. So more so than any other like top athlete in our sport, I'll say. Um, I'm not that well connected by any means. And so for me to be hearing a lot of this, I think it's 
you know, like it's sad. It's sad to hear. Um, I'm with you. Like, I don't really care for the guy, but I, I hope he's not because again, it takes so much credibility away from our sport. We already know how much goes on in the age group ranks. And so I'd, I'd hope that, you know, the, um, the pro ranks are a little more well monitored and, yeah, it's it'll be really interesting to see what comes out of this. I'm 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 curious. So. Yeah, I mean, if if it's all accusations and there's no evidence, and now they're opening up an investigation. I mean, unless there's actual evidence, he's been tested plenty of times. So, yeah, but I don't I don't think the testing that we have is testing is always going to be a step behind. Right. You know? Right. So yeah. what do they what do they do with this investigation? How do they? Well, unless it's other people, right? He has a, and I mentioned this, he has a really tight circle, right? It's a very family business there. So, um, yeah. but he also called out, um, Clement Mignon, the other French athlete. And I guess at the end of the race, uh, in Nice, you know, they do the, they do the drug testing right after. And they were like, Oh, Hey, we need you to give us a sample or something. And Sam's girlfriend, said or i don't know if it's fiance whatever uh, made a bad joke and again i was saying this is a terrible sense of humor it's not even like it's a bad joke it's just like well that wasn't funny but she said oh yeah you better go give him that sample because you know you're on so many drugs something to that effect but very blatant like oh people are saying you're doping but you're clearly not and it's like well that sounds like a shitty joke altogether but you know I, i don't know why you'd say that type of thing so obviously there's like Tony said, there's been allegations before. Um, so he also called out Clem. So that's, you know, that's another person. You're like, well, you're just stacking that enemy list. Right. So I, mean, I, I, joke, about, I, mean, I joke about you dump doping all the time though. It's not a joke, dude. It's real. Yeah. There you go. See? <laughs> yeah, you I, mean, I can here. totally see like <laughs> if, if he's already been feeling this and dealing with this even prior to uh, winning, right. He mentioned Rudy's mom and who knows what, you know, his feet grew too much or, or whatever. Right. I mean, I could see, uh, the joke being thrown out there. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, you better, you better go. I'd like no, some for context sure. I mean, I get on the, like, wait, I'd like some context on like how much did his feet grow? Like, are we talking like he went from like, I think a, it was like half a size or something. Oh, see, it wasn't like, anything I, crazy. Yeah, it was like a, like a nine they, to a 12 or something, you know, like, right. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah exactly. <laughs> so the other, the weird thing is, but yeah, I mean, back to the joke thing real quick. I was just saying like, that's a shitty joke. Like that, like she should have made a better joke. Like there's a better opportunity there. I don't know. I just, I don't like him. So that's just (laughs) where that stems from. But the whole, he made the comment and then he started defending each and every individual point. He said, oh, to the growth thing, I was training so hard from the ages of 15 to 18 and I was malnourished. So I stopped growing. So at 18, I went back home and I got healthy and then my body just continued to start growing. Like I'm not a doctor, but I don't pretty sure that's not how it works. Like if you're malnourished in those really important stages of your life, you're, you're going to have, you know, uh, you're going to be sort of stopped or capped. It's not just like your body's like, cool, we're, we're back to healthy. But do people have growth spurts later in life? Not like that. Half a size, a shoe size. 
Uh, well, I mean, I don't. I don't think this is specifically just the shoe size. I'm. I'm okay. talking like weight and height and those sorts. Yeah, of things. Yeah, because I'm curious how, how. What data are they pulling this from? Where are they? Because he's yeah, specifically talking yeah. about shoe size, right? So it's yeah. like, how does anyone yeah. know if you went up half a shoe size? Right? Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird thing. Um, but when you have a meteoric rise like this, and yes, it's meteoric. I mean, I've gone been, up half a shoe size in the last ten years, right? I think shoes I've, are just getting smaller. <laughs> I now run in 12 and a halves. I used to run in 11s. Well, I mean, it's all those drugs. That's right. But you know, with weight gain, like you might need a wider shoe or anything like that too. Right. So if he's putting on weight, that's a possibility. So I don't know. It's just a weird, very defensive I don't position to take on all of this. And then he starts calling people by name and you're like, well, which is great. If that's the card he's going to play and that's the character he's going to be, do it. Like, Go for it. Who's going to play but into then, that villain character yeah, some more? Why not? <laughs> and then, and then he just goes, I don't, I don't know, back down really hard and was like, oh, I took down the post because I don't want to build a hate community. And it's like, okay, well, you're talking about the thing you just did. You already did it. You're already creating a hate community. This doesn't help. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I just thought it was a bad move altogether. So, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the specific allegations are. And again, just because it's, a drug tested sport doesn't mean it's drug free. Do you know what I mean? So there's easy ways to, to get around this sort of thing. I don't think they're knocking on people's doors every month at 2am to randomly test somebody that I don't think that's happening. I think they're testing around the races. It's kind of like, you know, college football and those sorts of things. It's like, Hey, you guys are going to be drug tested in two weeks. So just a heads up that drug test is coming in two weeks, you know, like there, I don't, I don't think they really care too much. So, but yeah, I mean, like you guys mentioned, like his circle is very tight and he obviously doesn't have a PR person within that circle. That's, that's very, very evident. The other thing is like, he does kind of fit the profile though of a doper. That's what's, that's the sad part is. And so I think he's an easy target, you know, like, can you elaborate tight circle, on that? What do you like? Tight circle, oh, okay. um, very like everything is family, family based. He's up in the mountains, trains on his own. Nobody can really, you know, nobody really knows. He the clinic he's tied to is a little sketch. Um, there's still the whole situation where after after Colin got popped, and then remember he just ba- he he pulled out a race because he was moving all of a sudden. And that that raised eyebrows across the board. He was supposed to race challenge. What, what challenge? What challenge was it? This I, I can't remember. But they've the definitely documented uh, his injury, right? Even that video, they talk a lot about his injury. So. Yeah. Well, but he was supposed to race this weekend, and then he pulled out, and he was the bike leg of a relay instead of doing the whole thing. So you're like, and, and he also said it's because of yeah, like you said, a foot injury. It's like, well, you chose the bike. Like, wouldn't the swim, which you're probably the best at in this field wouldn't that be the activity you choose to do if you have a foot injury like that's yeah. that's odd you know and, and then that that, it, like, i don't know he he had a terrible race at one event did he did he i can't remember he, he was it roth at one roth or were, several was it no is roth where like he said he had pulled his calf muscle or tore his calf muscle but then he raced like calf but then raced two weeks later miraculously back like three weeks later and somebody i think that i actually i think that's when daniel backagard made a comment or yawn or somebody did because they were like wait you said you tore your calf like that's a 
pretty serious injury and you're back four weeks and they're like, oh, we were surprised. So either at Roth, he was just being soft and was like, oh, I have a cramp. I'm going to say I tore my calf and it wasn't that serious. Or he's, I don't know, taking stem cells or something. Right. So, and, and here's the, uh, here's the conversation that I, um, that I had was apparently like if you're in the top, you know, uh, top three, you're automatically tested. If you fall below that, it's random. So you do your race. And then once you get to a certain point, oh, I'm injured. Let me let up. I'm no longer in the top three. I can't be, I can't, I'm not going to be guaranteed tested. Now it's just a whim. You finish that race. You're obviously not injured. And then you can race again once you're, once you're clean and take a victory not, somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all, you especially because, especially because of his performances, right? He's, he's occasionally great, not consistently good. You know what I mean? So most of these top end athletes, when they show up to a race, they're a threat with Sam. You're like, could win, could pull out DNF come dead last. Who knows? Right. So I don't know. That plays into it too. I don't think there's a lot of like really solid training going on, if you will, like day to day, day in, day out where he's building this fitness and maybe that's why his body breaks down. He's putting out these really hard performances that his body can't handle. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And also like, I wonder what the, what the criteria or threshold is to be able to start an investigation. You can't start an investigation based off of rumors or based off of an email right. request. Right. So well, there has to be something that's there for them to be like, okay, yeah, we'll start an investigation on this. You know what I'm saying? Like, otherwise you could just be a dick and do that to anybody. I had, a, I had a question about that too, because my question was, well, what do you mean investigation? Like somebody accused you and now other people are asking, or you're saying Iron Man is launching an investigation or PTO or WADA or SADA or whatever. Yeah, didn't he list a, I was driving when I saw the, and it was so small, right? I couldn't read all of it, but didn't he, did he call out who was investigating in that text? He, there wasn't like a, an acronym or something in there as to it, there's an investigation. It's the ITA. Okay. Yeah. I thought there was a body. Is that that Iron Man's body? Don't they use USADA? No, it's the international testing agency. So who's, but who are they affiliated with? Cause doesn't Iron Man use USADA? I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, something in France. Oh, like an Olympic type of, or, uh, national federation type of thing. Potentially. I don't know. Yeah. If they Mm -hmm. police their own athletes, right. Their own pro athletes. Maybe that's the body. Well, I, I mean, again, I hope, I hope he does. They have an investigation. Nothing comes of it, and he was just accused, and he just kind of looked like a jackass a little bit, and so did the other people. Um, but I don't, yeah, it's just it's just odd all around. But of course, it's going to come after a, a world championship win, especially by that margin, you know. Yeah, I certainly hope it's not the case because I don't think it's yeah. good for the sport at all. No. And uh, I think, you know, he, in, in general, I think he is um, somewhat polarizing. So I think he is good for the sport in that sense, right? A hundred percent, yeah. Get that uh, rivalry going, even amongst fans, whether you like him or not. So last thing right. you want to see is him go away. Because Colin was one of those guys that I don't think anyone disliked. Right. It was just blown away when when 
at least when <laughs> I found out, right? So like, well, yeah. he came out of nowhere and wins a PTO race, right. and you're like, and he's like, oh shit, I'm gonna get tested now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, so uh, yeah, I hope it's definitely, I definitely hope it's not true. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Um, I it is it is really shitty that you know a parent of an athlete does this, and and by the way, Rudy Vonberg Jr. has like totally condemn those the the whole actions by his father so he's not on board with that that that's probably really important to say so he probably came out and said that yeah that's that's like what he's been going around in circles saying like i'm not okay with this um and you know i i guess rodolfo just acted on his own accord without asking anybody who also he needs a pr team apparently um and he was sending this email to people that he's never met before he just got a list of emails of athletes and coaches and things like that. And just, just starts emailing, you know, everybody, this list or allegations or whatever his report, if you will, says. Yeah. You got to wonder what bad blood has existed there for a while. Well, he's also right? a, a French athlete himself. Right. So a real French athlete. Yes. Uh, Rodolfo's from France. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> The French probably don't like the fake French athlete. Yeah, and it's it's odd because you know Rudy Rudy won Nice last year, uh, the full, and so I wonder if that has something to do with it. Where Rudy got fourth this year, he had another great year, and maybe Rodolfo's like, well, that, what the hell? Like, how, how does how does Sam Laidlow come and do that, and Rudy doesn't improve by that amount or that margin? There's something I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. But again, I think we're all in agree- agreement here that we hope it's not not the case that he's not doping. That it's just people just being bitter. But it seems like it was all all handled very poorly. Yeah, on all fronts, for sure. Awesome. Anything else this week? Do we miss any topics? I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. I think we went. No, I mean we didn't go crazy into the championship series. I'm sure we'll start getting more information when the PTO comes with their schedules and those sorts of things. So, and as those races start to unfold next year, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. All that. It's going to be a really cool storyline to follow. So did they not put a downhill race in the championship series? <laughs> Is California not on there? And that's a serious question. I, I thought it was on there. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I closed that window. Of course. Because I remember that was when they first started California, the first year where they had the freaking cyclone or whatever. Jan was there, Gustav was there, Lionel was there. They were, like, you know, really selling that as like a top-notch race. Because could you? It's you know, it's faster than Roth. Probably you're going to see these pros go. I don't know, probably close to seven hours or something crazy. So, um, yeah, California's not on this list. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So had they, the pros, they were going to have the pros the first year and they they have come back since then, right? They weren't, were the Correct. pros there last year? No. No, not this year. Yeah. No. Because it was a week after Kona. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. It, it just lined up perfectly with, you know, world champs the previous year being canceled and they were like, oh, we can do this one. So. what, Tony, just real quick, what, can you read those races if you have them in front of you? You want all of them? Is there 10 of them? How many are there? Um, I don't know how many there are, but uh, let's see. So there's Oceanside 10.3, and then you've got uh, Ironman Texas, uh, 70.3 St. George, 
70.3 Mallorca in Spain, 70.3 Chattanooga, the Ironman World Championship in Hamburg, 70.3 Boulder, um, Ironman Carnes, Canes. Canes. There you go. I always do that. Uh, uh, in Hamburg's, Australia? Hamburg's European Championship, not World, right? Yeah, it's European Championship. Okay. Okay. Did I say World? Yeah, I but you I did. Oh, yeah, my best we knew it. We knew what you were talking about, though. There you, who there fucking you knows anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you have uh, 70.3 Montreblanc, um, 70.3 France, uh, Ironman Vittoria. A lot more than five 70.3s. Yeah, Ironman Vittoria. It feels like it's more heavy 70.3 than Ironman. Yeah. Well, have, it should be too, uh, right? Then you have Placid, and then you have Ironman mm-hmm. Frankfurt, mm-hmm. 70.3 Tallinn in Estonia, uh, 70.3 Selamzi, and then you have Nice for women, and then Kona for yeah. men, 70.3 Western Australia. And oh, then they don't the, wrap up at World Champs? No, and then the 70.3 World Championship in New Zealand, that's the last race. Oh, okay. So it really is a calendar year, not a, considered a season. Yeah. yeah. And those those world championship races have more points too. So that's the other thing, but yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it's going to be cool to see that all total races. Yeah. The cool thing about it being a calendar year is, you know, it forces some of those athletes, right. To continue racing after world championships, possibly if they're, if they're in contention, right. If you're up there and you're right there and it's, and it's a really close race, they're forced to continue to race and race and race. Yeah. But, and that's scary too. I mean, I think I already said it on this podcast. I, don't hold me to anything I say on here. I can't remember what the hell I say, but you know, if you're going to put all that weight on Ironman races, what's the longevity of your athletes? Like how long are they going to stick around? Especially these, you know, Sam Long, Sam Laidlow's, Trevor Foley's getting into the sport really young. You can only race so many Ironmans a year, you know, yeah. and then also race 70.3. So I, I think feel like Sam learned that last year. Right. right? He's right. backed way off this year, it feels like. I mean, yes, right. he's had a kid, but I feel like he's backed off a little. No, you're, you're for sure. I mean, you know, Lionel used to race like 10 times a year with three Ironmans or something crazy, and you are you can't sustain that. So, you know, I hope they change the scoring system a little bit to where full Ironmans aren't weighted so heavily, or they just have less on there and they are weighted heavily. But Yeah, they're weighted double right now. That's exactly what right. it's, it's exactly double. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, and that's kind of crazy because I heard a stat that um, Jan, who finished like 49 uh, minutes behind Sam Laidlow, got the same amount of points as Rico Bogan at uh, Lati. Kind of wild. Would, would the PTO, have gotten the PTO points? Was, no, 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 no. So Rico won the world the 70.3 world champs. He would have got the same amount of points as Jan, who finished 49 minutes behind Sam Laidlow at Nice. Those two races would have been, that's that's the difference in weight. Oh, because of the way they weight a full versus a half. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I find that, I mean, in general, as far as viewership and getting people to watch the sport, I, I don't have any data, but I, I watch way more 70.3s than I do fulls, right? Like, live you're saying start to finish yeah yeah right like yeah. i no, 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 i yeah. will s- set aside days and <laughs> right i'm on the trainer or whatever it is i'm watching but i don't watch an eight hour iron man near as much as i watch a bunch of four four you know four or five hour four hour maybe, races really three and a half hour 
maybe Tony and I are the outliers here. I feel like we're always messaging back and forth about freaking Hamburg or something at four in the morning. (laughs) I got kids, dude. (laughs) I got sports to be at. That was your first mistake. (laughs) Understood. Understood. Don't punish us for your mistakes, Chris. (laughs) Someday you'll be here, Austin. (laughs) That's right. All right, guys. Well, then if that is it, we can wrap it up. Yeah. Have right. a guest on next week, something a little bit different from what we normally have. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Yeah. So something new. Who's who's coming on? You can tell who it is. Uh so Joe, who is from Sports Basement, and um we have a I guess an interesting relationship. Our wives work together. Uh we live right down the street from each other, but he is a long distance paddler, like an outrigger. Um he's a Hawaiian native, so he's done all sorts of challenges. He paddles to Catalina every other weekend or something crazy. And he's done the islands, all those sorts of things. So it's something outside of our realm, but it is still endurance based. Um, he's done triathlons himself, so we can probably get him to talk a little bit about that. Get him to talk about, go ahead, Chris. No, what's cool is I believe, I I don't know, this is for fact, but he reached out through our website to, to get a hold of us. And then you, when I showed it to you, you knew him. So I assumed he learned about OCE somehow. Um, not necessarily that he knew you were part of OCE, but maybe I'm wrong there. So he just does marketing for sports basement, um, which is, yeah. you know, kind of like a Dick's sporting goods, but they're, uh, NorCal based. And I guess he found our page and everything and had, you know, emailed the, the email yeah. and yeah, it that's was just cool. a happy coincidence. So yeah, we've been talking a little bit and he's going to come on and talk about, you know, what they offer for triathletes and, you know, probably hook our community up with, with some discounts and things like that and talk about his background and kind of the endurance side of things that he does, which is different from anything we've ever done. So I'm actually pretty excited to, I, I talked to him a little bit here and there, but I'm excited to hear about it more in depth. So that'll be, that'll be cool to have him on. Yeah. And it's funny. I, I know I've known that it existed, but until more recently where people started renting bike boxes to travel internationally, I didn't even realize right. that they were doing that, which is right. really cool. Right. I mean, rent a bike box from them. I mean, I, I think they do bike fits there. That's where Michael got his bike fit for free because he was a test subject. Uh, yeah. The, the bike box rental thing, it's pretty serious, I guess. So he always tells me about it and I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta finally step foot in that particular one. So, you know, yeah, maybe one Sounds of these days we'll do a, do a live podcast from there too. Live podcast from the, <laughs> from the sales floor. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. It'd be like the old, uh, what was it? Uh, sports radio. They'd go to a restaurant or bar and uh, <laughs> like broadcast. the high school showdown yeah, exactly. for football and stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're here at the Chili's like <laughs> we're here at Hooters and, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that'd be cool. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right.